Half past ten on Radio Sport. We continue our football hour with our weekly look at the Premier League. It's a great pleasure to welcome in as our guest today, Tony Hodson, Head of Content at The Coach's Voice. Thanks for taking the time to join us on Radio Sport New Zealand, Tony. Let's start at the top where Liverpool, a uh, team dear to my heart and dear to yours too, I understand, scored two late goals to beat Aston Villa 2-1. If they do become champions in May, is this the sort of game we might look back on and say, this is why Liverpool finally won the Premier League, a game they were losing late, but eventually got all three points from? Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think we've seen in the last few weeks that this is a team that just, not just knows how to win games, but knows how not to lose them. Uh, I think we saw at uh, Old Trafford recently. It wasn't the greatest performance, but they found a way not to lose the game. They went a goal behind, obviously, at home to, uh, sorry, Aston Villa this weekend. They went a goal behind at home to Newcastle this season. They, they, they've fallen behind a number of times, but they just keep going. They're relentless and they find a way to win. Um, you know, it's a, it's a long said cliche that championship teams are, are those that, that win when they're not playing particularly well. Um, Liverpool, probably by their own admission, haven't hit the, the heights of last season or even the season before in terms of the attacking flair, but but they're winning games. Um, yeah, they're pretty relentless. They do have a very challenging fixture list coming up, don't they, over the next couple of months. Is that in any way likely to, deal, uh, to derail their Premier League chances? We'll see. We'll see. You know, I know that you know that last season obviously they took a quite a big lead into the new year and, and then lost at lost at Man City and that that it didn't derail them but it gave Man City the impetus to to to, to catch them up. Um, I know from from inside Man City that they're they're confident of doing the same again if they can maintain a fairly uh, similar a similar difference, which is where Sunday's game next weekend's game is is so huge. They've got a lot of games, you know. That it's almost by accident that they're still in the League Cup, really, in the, in the Carabao Cup. Um, that game away at Aston Villa will almost certainly be rearranged. The question is, to where? There's such a packed fixture list. There are Champions League games, obviously, over the, the Christmas period. The Premier League is incredibly busy. There's a short break after the Christmas period that's been in, introduced. Do they look at playing that League Cup game then? Um, but that's what happens if you're a successful team. You ask any player, you ask any coach, they want to be playing that amount of games because it means that they're being successful. Um, if Liverpool are going to win things this season, they're going to have to suck it up and play a lot of games. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Manchester City also scored a late goal to beat Southampton 2-1. They're second, six points behind. How do you compare the Manchester City of this season to the Manchester City that won the title last season? They definitely... By comparison, they're struggling. It sounds ridiculous to talk about a team that wins so many games and you know won three trophies last season and struggling, but comparatively they are. They're struggling in defence. Obviously, John Stones is playing alongside Fernandinho at the moment. Um, Nicolas Otamendi has, not long back from injury himself, has mistakes in him. It looks to me like Pep Guardiola doesn't trust him. I'd be amazed if he played at Anfield at the weekend. Um, they got problems further forward as well. Rodri has come in and looked quite impressive in that sitting midfield role, particularly with Fernandinho forced to play further back. He's injured, which means Gundogan, who has a history of not necessarily defending that well or performing that stoically against Liverpool, um, is going to have to play in that in that role at the weekend. They're not firing all cylinders. You can't you can't come from behind to beat Southampton, who let's face it, are one of the weaker teams in the Premier League, two one, and, and claim to be in the same form as last season. But again, much like Liverpool. They're winning games. They know how to win games. Um, you know, neither team are really firing on all cylinders, but when push comes to shove, I don't think anyone expects the league to be fought out by anyone other than those two. All right. Well, below them, Leicester City are absolutely flying. A third straight win, a second on the road, 2-0 at Crystal Palace, up to third. 
What has been behind Leicester City's impressive form in the first 11 games? This is a team that is going places. There are a lot of a lot of wise people, me not included, who at the start of the season identified Leicester as a team that may well challenge for the top four. Um, crucially, they don't have European football. Um, this is a this is a team. They've sold Harry Maguire for big money. Soyuncu, the the Turkish international who has replaced him in that back four, has done so seamlessly. They're a young, attacking, impressive team. Um, one to eleven, they've got a lot going for them. They have these twin threats. Wilfred Ndidi sits in front of the defence and just patrols in the same way that, you know, Fernandinho's done for Man City, that Fabinho does for Liverpool. Um, around him, they've got incredibly attacking, talented players. James Madison is one of my favourite players in the Premier League. Yuri Tillemans is £40 million that looks incredibly well spent. Uh, and then up front, they've got Jamie Vardy, who just continues to be an absolute pest and absolute pain. Defences try and play high against them. Then they just go over the top of Vardy. If the defence has dropped back to lessen the impact of Vardy, you've got clever players like, like Madison, Harvey Barnes, who's progressing really well, who can do damage. If they can keep that 1-11 fit for a large majority of the season, without the pressures of European football, I think they look really strong and they, it'd be a surprise right now if they didn't make the top four. Chelsea won again, a fifth straight win for them. They're fourth. Can you put this into context for us, Tony, given they have a transfer ban in place and a rookie boss in Frank Lampard and they're basically playing a bunch of kids they are but they're playing a bunch of kids who have come through the best academy possibly in the whole in in, in world football um and these guys are these guys are battle hardened they're relatively inexperienced at the top level but tammy abraham mason mount fakaya tamori these guys have all played seasons in the championship it's a really strong breeding ground these guys get kicked in the championship it's a tough league it's a tough division Actually, the irony is they come up to the Premier League, they get a bit more time. They're surrounded by better players. They play with better players. Um, any any Derby fan will tell you that their best three players last season under Frank Lampard in his first season were Tamori, Mason Mount and Harry Wilson, who, of course, is a Liverpool player currently on loan and doing really well at Bournemouth back in the Premier League. Um, you know, it's no surprise. Lampard didn't... Lampard wasn't... You know, these players weren't foisted upon Lampard at Derby last season. He identified them as being able to do a job for a really good team. They did so. He's believed in them. Again, he didn't have to pick them. He could have picked Olivier Giroud ahead of Tammy Abraham. He could have picked the likes of Ross Barkley ahead of Mason Mount. Tamori has been forced into picking because they've got defensive problems. But all three have shone. They've arguably been the club's best players this season. These top quality players who've come through a great academy, they're playing good football. And the fact there is a transfer ban means that everyone playing in the team has that confidence, knowing that they're going to be in that team for the rest of the season at the very least. It's kind of a free pass. Lampard showing himself to be a really intelligent, progressive, forward-thinking coach. Um, you know, has it worked in his favour that he's been forced into into using a, a squad that they inherited, possibly? But you can't argue with the job he's doing. Um, and again, much like Leicester, they look they look a force to be reckoned with. They they do have European football, and a couple of injuries to key players might derail them a little bit as the season goes on. Um, but you're looking at players like Jorginho, Matteo Kovacic, who didn't particularly impress in their first season at the club last season, but they're playing really, really well. Willian seems rejuvenated. From what I know of the club, there's a much better feel around the training ground. There's a Lampard obviously brings with him a knowledge of the club, um, brings the fans on side. It just feels like there's a good there's a good feeling around Chelsea at the moment. They're in a good place. By contrast, Manchester United. They lost one nil at Bournemouth, eighteen points off the lead now after just eleven games, three wins in eleven. How much longer can a club of United's size and stature tolerate this? Um, 
as a Liverpool fan, hopefully for many years yes, to come. Indeed. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've got actually they've had a good 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 couple of results in recent times. Winning at Chelsea in the League Cup um, uh, was a great result for them, but I think they crashed down to earth a little bit away at Bournemouth at the weekend. Whether you blame Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or not, they are a counter-attacking team. That's how they play football. They've got pace and talent on the break. But in terms of breaking down stubborn defences who sit back and invite them on, there's absolutely no suggestion that they can do that this season. That that gives them a problem. Um, Bournemouth sat back, soaked up pressure, defended really well, um, got a goal at the end of the first half on Saturday uh, and then just defended resiliently. Um, and United just didn't have the creativity to go at it. They, they, you know, Solskjaer has made some big decisions. The money's been spent on Harry Maguire, Aaron Wan-Bissaka at the back. They decided to get rid of Alexis Sanchez, Romelu Lukaku. But once you take out... They, they, have, a, they have a pacey front four, but Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial and Daniel James are all still relatively young. Um, can any of them carry the attack? I'm not so sure. Andreas Pereira is playing in a number 10 role, but I'm not really sure what his best position is either, um, or indeed whether he's good enough. There are so many question marks at Man United. Um, to say Solskjaer is the problem is wrong. I think there are deeper-rooted problems at the club. Um, but how good he is as a coach, there has to be a question mark over it. He's unproven, and whether he can turn it around this season, only time will tell. But they'd be odds against getting into the top four this season, I think. It's been a really similar story at Tottenham. Unexpectedly, they conceded a late equaliser very late at Everton uh, to draw one all. Mm. They, too, have just three wins in 11 games. What's going on at Spurs? Yeah, I mean, the, f- the first thing to say about that, that game um, on Sunday was that everyone wishes Andre Gomez the very best. It looked a horrific injury. Um, there are arguments as to whose fault it was and whether the red card for Son Heung-min was, was warranted. I personally don't think it was. I thought, I thought the referee uh, and the refereeing in general at the moment, influenced by VAR, is, 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 is pretty shocking. Um, that's a separate issue and one that we're talking about pretty much constantly here in the UK. Um, in terms of the teams themselves, it, it was actually a, a very poor game played by two teams that look woefully out of confidence. Um, Tottenham, you know, it seems crazy to think that they it's only months since they were in the Champions League final. Um, at the minute, you wouldn't bat them to finish in the top off the Premier League, let alone get to a Champions League final. It just feels to me like, and I think a lot of people have suggested this, it feels like it's come to the end of a cycle at Tottenham. Mauricio Pochettino has done an incredible job under, with limited finances. Let, let's be let's be honest about this. Um, put together a great team that have taken a, taken him a long way. Um, but it feels like some of their key players, their eyes are, are looking elsewhere at the moment. Um, some of their best players are, are out of form. Obviously, Harry Kane didn't play at the weekend. Um, yeah, just it it just seems a bit tired. I sound a bit tired when I talk about them because that's 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 actually how it how it seems watching them. It was a it's a shame because they did so well last season but I think the run to the Champions League final actually masked the fact that their league form drops off a cliff towards the end of last season Um, and they're still off that cliff right now Um, yeah we'll see whether they can turn it around they're they're obviously not a lower half team but their form at the minute and the kind of mood around the camp suggests that they've they've got plenty of work to do and at the bottom of the Premier League uh, Watford still looking for a first win Uh, their bottom Norwich and Southampton are with them in the relegation zone, and those three are already three points adrift of Everton and Aston Villa. Can you see Southampton, Norwich, Watford having the wherewithal to get out of trouble? Um, the short answer is yes. There's a much longer answer. I think there are, there are not, it seems 
you know, it seems about 20 years ago since Norwich were beating Manchester City um, at their place. Um, they've drawn one and lost five since then. And, and the early season form from Timu Puki and the players around him um, just seems to have, have dropped away. Teams are maybe putting more pressure on them and have figured them out a bit. And they've had a horrific run of injuries, which has affected their selections. Um, they, for me, would be the real worry at the moment. Watford... Watford are a tricky one. They look like they've got enough quality. They don't have any goals in them is the problem. Um, they play nice stuff and, and they've got plenty of quality over the pitch, but without Troy Deeney, who's something of a talismanic figure for them, they look lightweight up front. Um, it looked exactly the same at home to Chelsea at the weekend. Um, they got a kind of controversial late penalty, but otherwise didn't didn't really threaten that much. They'll be looking at a clock and hoping to get Troy Deeney back in the team as soon as possible. Um, Southampton have bounced back really well from the horrific home defeat to Leicester um, last week. They've they actually played pretty well, both in, in the League Cup away at Manchester City and again in the Premier League at the weekend, unlucky not to hold on for a point. Um, they also look like they lack a bit of quality. Um, Ralph Hasenhutl has done a good job, did well to kid up last season. And I think of the, the three currently in the bottom three, Southampton would be my pick. Um for the ones who are most likely to get out of it, but they've definitely all got work to do. And you mentioned those teams above them. Aston Villa actually played pretty well against Liverpool and looked to be growing into their Premier League status quite nicely. Everton, things aren't right there either, but they just have so much quality. You wouldn't imagine them being down there for very much longer. And then other teams around them, think about something like Sheffield United, who are currently sixth, a team that were widely tipped to struggle this season. They're playing some great stuff. They know exactly what they're about. Teams find it very difficult to play against them. So, those three, those those three in the bottom in the relegation zone, will be looking around them as as they often do, trying to pick the teams who might drop in that they might overhaul. But at the minute, it looks like a pretty stiff task for all of them. 